This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Talofalava, maalo elele, kiorana, fakalofalahiatu, kiora, nisa bulavinaka, aloha, womanjaka, and hello. PX Whānau is a queer Pacifica and Oceania radio show produced and broadcast from NAM, connecting with our LGBTQA plus whānau every Saturday on 3CR 8.55am. Bringing together the voices of the wide Oceania, the Pacifica, the Moana, and sharing our queer Oceania stories. Decolonising our identities, sharing our stories, sharing our voices. We are PX Whānau on 3CR Community Radio from Australia to the world. Do you have a story to share? Any news and views that you think would be interesting to our community? You can email us on pxfanoradio855 at gmail.com That's pxwhanauradio855 at gmail.com PX Fano acknowledges that we produce and broadcast our show, our ideas, and from the Indigenous lands whose sovereignty was never ceded, recognising the traditional custodians, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, paying respect to elders past, present and future. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Kia ora, kiorana, talofalava, woman chika. Welcome to PX Fano today here on 3CR 8:55 a.m. And we've got some great guests on today. It's a really special occasion and a, a vital part of our Queer Pacifica culture and extended family coming all the way from Aotearoa. Today, speaking to members of the amazing FAF swag. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, yes, I just wanted to introduce everyone or get themselves to introduce. There's three members here today of the collective. I'd like to start with you, Tanu. Introduce yourselves. Well, uh, Talofa my name is Tanu Nango. Uh, I'm a Samoan interdisciplinary artist and filmmaker. And i currently based in Tabaki Makoto in Maungade in Aotearoa. Uh, my name is Alessia wilson Hite. My pronouns are she, her. I am of mixed heritage. My dad is um, from Niue and my mum has a mixture of lineage on that side of our family, English, Welsh and Irish whakapapa. I'm an interdisciplinary artist and producer with Faswag. And I have recently migrated to Nam from Tamaki Makoto. I was based in Mangere in South Auckland. And yeah, I'm still kind of arriving into this place and getting to familiarize myself with our community here, which is really exciting. Cool. Uh, my name is Nahora Ioane. I am of Kokanan descent. I reside in Tamaki Makoto, Aotearoa. My pronouns are she and her. I am a performing artist for Fastrack Arts Collective and an upcoming producer. Yeah. So, kia ora everybody, kia ora Anna. <laughs> Cool, that's excellent. So yeah, so one of you has moved here now and that's a big aspect to what the future lies ahead for Fastrack, do you think? Spreading 
throughout the world. I think we've kind of been infiltrating in a global capacity for a while now, but there is definitely a hope that we start to strengthen that Trans-Tasman collaboration and what that can look like for our community that's based here. Yeah, and just to, I guess, acknowledge the other members of the collective, we are currently have a membership of 10 artists in the collective. Uh, Over the last 10 years, it's kind of varied anywhere between 16 to like 11 or 12 members. But we're finally, that feels comfortable. As a collective, we're also, I guess people have come to Fast Track and uh, gained experiences and and kind of moved on and figured out which pathway they was for them. And while we miss those people, we wish them all the best. And most of those relationships are still pretty amicable. And we like this idea that FastSag is just a place for artists to come and figure stuff out. And then once they figure it, move on or like determine whether it's still something that's really important to you or if it's something you still want to contribute to. And I think when we stop feeling like there's anything left for us to contribute to, we'll probably call it a day (laughs) (laughs) but for the meantime yeah we've been doing a lot of work on the international stage mostly around this provocation of sharing our stories with global audiences because we all live in a context back at home where you know we're surrounded by our people and our community and our context every day so being able to share those stories and in places where you might meet people who have never met a Polynesian before. (laughs) And that can be a bit trippy, but it's also very exciting in terms of storytelling and and that cultural exchange that comes from sharing stories. What I find the amazing thing is, is that international stepping stones being involved and exhibiting all over the place. I believe it was uh, in in Germany with... Oh, no, so, yeah, we were invited in... Project 15, was it? Oh. Invited to this really prestigious biennial which happens every five years and um, it was guest curated by some indigenous collective of indigenous artists from Indonesia called Ruangupa and they invited collectors from all over the world to be part of this major exhibition in Germany part of Documenta 15 so I think in total the total number of collectors that participated was somewhere around a thousand different collectives from around the world. They had the main artist, there was about 50 collectors who produced work for the show. And then there was a public programming that ran for like three months. And throughout that three months, that's where they hit the 1000 mark with the number of collectors that ended up being added to the programming and to the exhibition. So yeah, that was quite insane. <laughs> yeah, and I think the the kind of through line or philosophy behind how they chose to curate that was I think wanting to look at different modalities that sit outside of a colonial um structure of cu- curation and collaboration and how do you start to decenter quite a colonial heavy way of doing and looking at the world and what does it look when you actually are moving from at the center, you're centering the global majority, which I think is interesting in and of itself. Yeah, and I guess what that looked like was like a new economic model for artists. And so what they proposed was this philosophy called the Longbong. And the Longbong is basically an ecosystem that is based on the notion of harvesting resource and wealth and distributing that resource and wealth evenly amongst your community and your peers and as a collective who kind of we do that at home when we um our families kind of dig in and support us and help us to produce work and shows and Mm -hmm. and so that system talked to us quite 
boldly. Like we were like, oh yeah, we, we do this stuff at home. We share our resources at home. This is how the collective have been able to do some of the, I guess, shows that we've produced over the years was by the support of our community and our families. And so we also come from a collectivist culture as Polynesians who understand what it's like to be part of a village where you're you're just playing a small part in a bigger system. And so as artists that really resonated with us. And so we went into this crazy development process with them for two years before we produced the work that we took to Germany in 2022. Uh, and that was really good for us because it brought us all together as a team. And, you know, we got to like live with each other and get to know each other even more intimately and have fights and breakups and makeups and all <laughs> kinds of like crazy things over two years of pulling each other's hair out just to make or produce a body of work that we could then share with that community over there in Germany. And what we discovered was that we had already produced a lot of work up until that point. And this is why Alteration is an archival exhibition, because it also happened during the pandemic. So we were able to work remotely, but also go through this huge archive that we have of documentation of our community and our experiences as artists. And we started to catalog everything and really just curate what parts of our experience that we wanted to share on, on that platform. What a job. I mean, with the cameras rolling during this <laughs> two years, like I want to see the behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Those release forms. <laughs> but yeah, also that thing, like, I, I don't think people realize that in collective practice, the artwork is actually all the stuff that happens behind the scenes, like all the relationship stuff. To yeah. us, that's the real artwork, not the thing that comes out of it. Sometimes the thing that comes out of it is also the artwork. Nana, you produced like a short moving image film performance piece mm. during that time. So there was one installation that was produced from scratch that the team created as one new piece of work but everything else was kind of curated around that that central piece of work and for that you yeah shared some of your cook island heritage yeah so when when i did that work i think i think it was called protection yeah it was based around uh criminalizing homosexual like um homosexual. oh the homosexual law reform. Yeah, yeah yeah the homosexual law reform yeah it felt really close to home because you know coming from you know from maniki and you know Rotonga, like you know you you see us like you know my my sisters as in trans community the gay community lgbt community you know all over like you know helping their own people and for them to like be put into jail for for you know just for being who they are and loving someone <laughs> it's it hurts it, it hurts really close to it's yeah it's really close to me so now that you know it's been lifted is that yeah. the right word the laws have been changed yeah and timing yeah that work, all the work that the activists were doing in the cook islands and here in australia new zealand mm. And just seeing that active effort from people to change those yeah. laws. Yeah. That was crazy. That it was. was yeah. I was I was really happy when, when I got when I was told that, you know, I was left in and I was like, hey, this one, yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fantastic because um I think the news broke around the same time as the or just a little bit after the our uh, Sydney uh queer international pride forum conference and there were heaps of activists from pacifica in sydney at the time one of the few times that 
everyone could come together and, and actually got the funding so they could get over here. And it was just great to know that things were going to change. It was almost like, if, well, it felt live, like, hey, it's happening. And it was just a great time. Great, great time. Hopefully that will expand into other areas and other countries in the region. Yeah, I guess that's what's so exciting about it is thinking about the impact it will have on the other Pacific Island nations who we know still criminalize homosexuality despite having large third gender populations there and, mm. you know and a cultural space for alpha fafini community as well i think we try to think of its relationship to healthcare and what it means in terms of hiv prevention and having access to medical care and, and the same kind of human rights that other people straight people are afforded to <laughs> so especially in the pacific where it's hard to get access to stuff like that and that's often a common thread in our work we were talking to the curators at the substation where alteration is opening and just going through some of the images because we used to run a stall at the pacifica festival oh, where cool. we, the girls would dress up and we would give out like free condoms <laughs> To people oh, cool. And try to just like encourage them to have that kind of conversation about safe sex. And, you know, it's so hard in a Pacific context to have any type of sexual health yeah. conversation. <clears throat> so, yeah, the collective and the team have been really proactive around the messages behind some of our work. And for a long time, and as part of our history, we were actively out there in the community trying mm. to share those messages with people and we still had those great relationships with like the AIDS Foundation and a lot of organizations that do that work so yeah it's still really relative and, and really important part of our work. Yeah and I don't think those conversations ever stop in our community around needing the need to destigmatize. I think a lot of the issues that our communities face and I think sometimes being in the diaspora you know I think we often forget that there's still a lot of things that need to change and shift for our communities within the Pacific region when it comes to our LGBTQI plus mm. whanau and how can we do better as people who are placed in um, the diaspora in Aotearoa and so-called Australia to make sure that these issues across the Pacific are actually being highlighted. Yeah, we also try to make that relevant to what we do as artists because we often don't, we can't always shoulder the burden or the responsibility of social change. That has to be a job that we all do collectively yeah. together, mm. not just artists, not just politicians. <laughs> and so we stay in our lane as well. And so if we are trying to like make these issues relevant to our community, that the way that we do that is through art yeah. and through storytelling and through the type of art that we produce. And we, we take that everywhere we go. So. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's like a leadership quality that I think is natural in our communities in general. It's kind of like colonisation has been the, the element to create barriers that wouldn't have been there 200 years ago, 150 years ago, whatever. Um, and today's a great example too. I'm, I just to let people know who are listening, by the time you hear this, we would have had so-called Australia Day. Also, it's Invasion Day or Day of Mourning or Survival Day, as it's been known for the traditional owners of these lands, which we're on today. And I guess colonial Alization has had a massive impact in, in all of the colonies and particularly when it comes to gender, sexuality, the understanding of that, 
uh, culturally and how that's been so divisive. So just to, to honour our queer Aboriginal whānau who are listening, if they're listening now, we stand with you and acknowledge that these are your traditional lands. And, and yeah, it's great to have as a diaspora that we can collaborate in the future. Would that be something, just thinking about that, would that be something Faf Swag would uh, maybe think about in the future? or It's currently something we're thinking about at the moment. We understand that naturally, outside of our context, that any kind of land that we inhabit, we are guests no matter where we are. Mm. And we also try to acknowledge the natural custodians of that land and um, to respond respectfully and accordingly. And in terms of collaboration, we haven't been to Australia a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We kind of did the Europe circuit and then parts of the Americas and then have been in Asia a lot recently. But um, I don't know, for some reason, it it felt really obvious to come to Australia. So this is actually uh, our first time here as a collective. Mm -hmm. But inside the collective, the individual artists have been in different capacities in our careers. I've done a show at the Kusula Powerhouse. And then we were here for this project with Art Space in Sydney. Yeah. um, In 20, I want to say. I think. Yeah, or 2019, maybe. Yeah, 2018 or 2019, I think it was. Yeah, and then we did the Sydney Biennial, but that was during the pandemic, so it was all done remotely. We didn't really get it. We didn't really get a chance to um, physically be here, which was pretty sad, considering it was such a crazy time for the world, really. Mm. Yeah, but we're keen. (laughs) (laughs) Those relationships and start making those connections. Mm. And we have a project... Currently, I'm not sure I can say too much, but it's a commission for MIF 2025, which is the Manchester International Festival. And mm-hmm. work there is that it's produced locally with local artists. And that's a co-papa that's really important to us because we, we don't want to transplant our arts anywhere. We want to work collaboratively the local artists and produce things that are relevant to people in those regions. Something like Alteration, which is an archival show. So you know that's about our past our history and so uh, we're happy to like move that around differently yeah and it's really nice that the first place we brought it to was our station because yeah um, the great space curators actually went to the show in germany and so saw the original Mm -hmm. presentation and so yeah it's nice to have that continuity fantastic will the uh, vr be playing the uh, work that you did in collaboration with picky productions is that screening yeah so so as a virtual reality sculpture, the physical object is referred to as a Pogue Fenua, which is a landmarking. Mm. And it's a collaboration between myself and Māori non-binary interdisciplinary artist, Mahia Janine Dean. And then it was yeah, produced by Piki. We launched that at Sundance in 2022. And since then, we've had we fabricated, I think, four to five different mm. pro uh, One in the Netherlands, one in Margadin, <laughs> Auckland, and recently one in Toronto as well, uh, Imaginative. And so to having one here in Nam is so incredible because it feels like we're just opening these little portals around mm. the world. <laughs> we'll get to use the iOS device, either iPhone or iPad, to activate the experience, which then generates this digital atua. 
which tells you a really beautiful story about the Pacific and where our Fafafing community um, connections come from. So really proud of that work. And yes, it'll be at Substation, actually in the entrance when you walk into the space. Um, so it's the first artwork that greets you, which we're really excited about. That's cool really cool yeah little portals I love that idea and access is so important and I think I've read somewhere that it's about holding those spaces but giving that I guess fluidity of those spaces letting people come in and and learn about the way Pacifica culture is the modern aspect of it and queer Pacifica too so it's an amazing a treat for people in Nam to to visit and hopefully get a lot from and enjoy as well during the substation exhibition which runs through midsummer opening 27th of Jan and then it runs March but you've also got something at the Footscray Community Cultural Centre too I believe. Yeah it's just some of the images that were also a part of the um, alteration offering and so those have been placed like outside for people kind of just to arrive at and sit with. Oh great. Um, and they look really beautiful in the space I actually went and had a look at them the other day and they're great. I think it's, I really like the idea of public art because I think it's a really gentle way for our communities who might not necessarily feel comfortable going into a conventional gallery space to be able to just sit with those things in the natural world, I think mm. is a really beautiful <clears throat> offer because it feels gentle and approachable and accessible and they just look great they look really really beautiful love it down there it's got like a natural amphitheater vibe and then you've got the river the yarra close by it's a really perfect yeah there's um there's two series presented on that site and one is called pacific bazaar which is a response to an event that the pacific sisters held and the second the second series is entitled matala which is part of the conversation piece from the artist Kohua or Pate Kurende and Tapuaki Helu, who, who are Tonga and Māori Samoan artists who collaborated on a conversation piece about Indigenous masculinity. So the images are, you know, they present the brown Pacific male body in a quite interesting way. So we're really excited for people to see those. Pretty amazing. Thank you. How long will you be in um, Nam? Well, we're actually here till Sunday. Um. Yeah, we have the exhibition opening tomorrow. We were hoping more of the team would be able to be here, but it's just a funny time of year and prepping for the Pride Festival in Auckland at the moment. So there's a couple of projects that are running at the moment. But yeah, it's just nice to be able to come and connect and be with the people. (laughs) I have been quite homesick and I've been trying to, even though it's just over there, I think... I have had quite a longing for Aotearoa as I've kind of settled into this place. And so it's not that I've been listening to any specific song. I've just been listening to a lot of Waiata and Te Reo. And so just maybe a beautiful Waiata. Okay. Um, be nice, some Te because I think that as well, just the recentering of language, which I think is really important. Often I think we centre English, but in actual fact if you were to ask any indigenous people the center often is your own mother tongue and mm-hmm. so I think that's something I've been reflecting on being here true talofa and here's a track for Alicia for Faf swag and it is none other than Bik Runga with her version of Sway in Te Reo Māori it's Hare 
Omai Ra, and you're listening to PX Fano with Faf Swag on 855 a.m. <laughs> Kuti Te mata ia koe, nga mea fai tikanga, kia marini mai te waha, koe kera kitaki atu, kia koe pono ana. よあいふりらぱえとくあういてぷねいてぽかくたけおあなあおわなこれあなこひりかぽきてがこてあろらめあはいなやねくわかわきゃれかってあひやひ Yeah, I think if there's anything that stands out about the exhibition is that it's very focused on people, that people are at the center of all of our story. And I think the collective for a long time has utilized the power of photography and the power of moving image to convey our relationship as people <laughs> and our connect one another. Yeah, and, and, and to make that something that excites people instead of scares them. Because there was, if you look at the history of how, I guess, where people in the Pacific are talked about, we're often talked about as like in this religious language that kind of places us as like deviants or demons. And yeah, we're not, we're human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> conversation. And also some of us, if you take the time to sit down, find that we actually have a lot more in common than you would think. <laughs> no, true. So 10 years, right? Now heading into year 11, what's your 10-year plan from now? Another 10 years, 20 years down the track? 30 years and do it. We're figuring it out. I always, every day I say, I'm done now. <laughs> 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 
one go. Yeah, sure, Tanu. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. I think the collective will always exist. I think that's where we've arrived as a team. As long as we get to tell stories, share space, take up public space. I think as long as we <clears throat> achieve those things, we're still probably going to be plotting along for a while. <laughs> but yeah, we, the next couple of years we got a few major shows that have booked and I think the pandemic really shifted the way we work as a team because prior to the pandemic we weren't taking care of ourselves as a collective yeah we were kind of working ourselves into a grave because we were just doing the most and the pandemic despite you know all the negative things that happened and the really sad and tragic impact of that it also allowed us to reflect on what is important to us as a team yeah and I think if anything like when we talk about what it means to decolonize art practices and art spaces and those cultural exchanges that happen within that space I think what we've really learned from each other during the last kind of five years is how important rest is because I think in a context of the you know the big arts industrial complex and the beast that that thing is that machine that it is we're not machines we're people and so being able to really prioritize working at a pace which is gentle and deeply considers rest and what that means for each other and ourselves and how do we do that for one another how do we honor that for one another I think has been a really important shift that we had because, yeah, I think the the silver lining of the pandemic that we all have experienced globally was being able to actually really pause and rest and consider and reflect and question, who am I doing this for and why am I doing it? And if you are rinsing yourself of everything, then it becomes not enjoyable. Wanting to re- center that as well like what it how do we center rest how do we center care and how do we center fun because if it's not fun I don't want to do it and I think that's all that we're all on the same page now around when we began this it was so fun it was really really fun and because you get caught up in the the mechanics of it all I think it's really easy for the fun to disappear and That's been what's been so great over the last few years, I think, is having more opportunities to sit in fun with each other. Yeah, and we we also had the chance to untangle ourselves expectations that didn't belong to us. And the industry placed on us a lot of expectations to be the kind of sole voice for diversity, which is so deeply problematic and is not something we asked for, but was happening to us outside of our control and I think we were like that's not our job yeah (laughs) we started to accept what it was that we were capable of changing in the world without trying to be everything for everyone and so yeah it was nice to be to be able to untangle us from the expectations and to recognize actually what's important to us and what really matters because at the end of the day if we weren't doing this anymore what is there to do other than maintain our relationships spend quality time with people or some type of integrity in the world and we were like oh well if we don't if that's all there is to it we can just do that without our practice as well why do we have to wait for the opportunity for it to happen yeah and the one other thing too i think which we've been considering a lot is is succession because it's so important that we're training up our people 
to be able to sit in these spaces because there's not clear pathways and there's definitely not clear pathways for queer brown practitioners. And so when we've had seen that different part, you know, different members of the collective have had an interest in wanting to learn that, Tanu has been my mentor. Both of us and Pati are now mentoring Nana. So that they're, we're always thinking about how do we bring up our friends and how are we nurturing each other because those pathways are really not clear. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much power in being able to demonstrate back to our wider community. These are opportunities that are for you. Like I never planned on being a producer, but there was a need for it for our community and for the collective. And so to ease some of that workload off Tano. And so just being able to demonstrate to our community, anything is possible. Don't think that this isn't something that you can achieve too. And I think there's real power in that. And so, yeah, I'm so excited to see what Nana as a trans producer and the up and coming producer, what she is going to make next. It's really exciting. Also to acknowledge our community that we don't just mentor artists within the collective. There are artists operating in our industry who we have mentored, who you would never know unless you sat down and talked to us, but you see their work and we see their work. We're so proud of them and never want to take credit for the stuff that they do. But I think we came along as in on the production side at a time where they there were no people in those spaces. And so it's weird to have a set of skills that you develop purely from stepping up and just being that person for your own community. Because <laughs> um, none of us ask for that responsibility or that job. And we just naturally defaulted into those spaces. But we recognize, oh, this is something we can just pass on to people. We don't have to gatekeep it and hold on to it. Like, why don't we just share? Why don't we just teach other people how to do this? Like, so yeah, I really appreciated that about the collective and the 10 years as well. And just the secondary layer of, because there's the 10 artists, but there's this layer of uh, arts practitioners on top of us who work in the industry and who are our peers, who a lot of the work we have done and achieved over the last 10 years we probably couldn't have done without them and vice versa some of the work that they've done and I think that's the proudest thing is recognizing that we all supported each other to come up and to occupy space really space that is kind of reserved for like affluent Pakia mm-hmm. <laughs> kids or like art school and stuff and so yeah it was just nice to do that. Yeah. I think the important thing is too, like you were saying, it's not being the only brown person in the room, you know, for a change. It's exhausting. And I can imagine for you, it was like you were a house, well, you are a household name as an identity, but also it felt like as a brand and people, you become the go-to, like you have to answer all the questions for Pākehā, Pālangi, for white culture to... um give that space and it's it's amazing to survive that get through that and now would you feel that things are more on your terms of what as a collective you can actually do stuff that 10 years ago nine years ago determination and sovereignty of our narrative has been so important Mm -hmm. and I think for a lot of people they often think I need a seat at the table in order to be able to access those opportunities and I would say to any young emerging practitioners don't buy into that narrative just build your own palette because I think that's what we have done and we've been able to demonstrate to our community dream big Mm -hmm. and don't 
accept crumbs at the table because the table was rotten. The table was broken. Like, yeah, most powerful thing you can say in that instance actually is no. Like, yeah. and it's okay to say no. <laughs> uh, that's a lesson we've learned the hard way, but um, so valuable that not everything is for you and that, yeah, you can do it yourself. You don't need the institutions. You don't need the um, these, uh, I guess, other frameworks that benefit from you doing all the work for them. It's okay to try and operate independently without them. And yeah, and I just want to encourage people that because there is so much self-doubt around that. Like, can I do this myself? It's like, yeah, you can. As a Pacific person, you're never alone. You always have your family. You mm-hmm. always have your community. We don't do things alone. So it's only in a Pakia context where that's a conversation where it's just like, yeah, I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm not by myself. Yeah. Mm, no, awesome. I mean, I found that with when we were starting PX Fano, this show was like people were saying, oh, well, you're the only queer Pacifica show in so-called Australia, you know, broadcasting, which <laughs> we took. We, yeah, fine. We couldn't find anyone else who was doing it. So we take that. But it's always about avoiding those traps of this is a competition that we somehow have to uh, pass some sort of line, um, cross a finishing line. In our mind, it never, never finishes. It's an ongoing community, you know, joint uh, expression, really. And so who knows where it will lead? you know always open to that but it's it's it takes a while for us to untrain ourselves from that usual you know competitive notions and structures and and that's something we as part of our branding like we just said that a competition is colonization like you're not my competition you're if anything we're brothers and sisters like yeah i think of it in the in the familial sense and um I also think that there are, it's also in the interest of these kind of colonial frameworks to pit us against each mm-hmm. other and to, to recognize when that's happening to you and to just remove them from the equation and go directly to your peers and say, hey, we don't have to do this. Like, yeah. um, there's a way for us to do this. Also, you really have to mean it when you talk about radical sharing yeah. what that looks like yeah. you have to remove your ego and you have to share shit with people like you can't yeah you gotta just get better at being able to do that and because New Zealand is such a, a small community like the impulse to, to work against that is so real because people feel like there's a scarcity of resource and you know that they're gonna miss out on some opportunity but if those opportunities are coming from the same people, <laughs> really have to ask yourself, is that something that I want to do? Or can I just go generate something for myself? Yeah, is it worth it? Mm. Yeah, and a lot of the time that's what we find ourselves doing is just operating outside of our market, outside of our industry, because we get told no too many times. So we're like, oh, okay, if you're going to say no, we're going to go over there. <laughs> and people are like what the fuck are you doing over there like that's not even your industry and we're just like we're interdisciplinary artists because art for pacific people is not a not just a practice it's a lived embodied vocation that we're all that all pacific people have and so the idea that we just stick within these boxes <laughs> these mm-hmm. 
you know, boxes is like none of us get it. We've all just been like, yeah, I don't want to do it. I mean, I think it's that thing again is as well around imagination, and that we we're living in, I would say, quite a white male imagination currently, and so being able to also demonstrate to our community the power of your imagination. Like if you can imagine something different, you can you can be different. And I think that's the beauty of um, FAFSWAG as an arts collective and as a, as a technology that we've pushed forward is our imaginations. And if there's one thing that I think Pacific people and Indigenous people have an abundance of, it is that imagination. Like we know that things can look differently. And mm. so what does that different look like? Yeah, it's exciting, I think. And we're basically a family now. So like at this point, it's not even an individual making a thing which is what the which is the paradigm that the art world is I guess accustomed to well at this point we're a family of practitioners who outside of art we still have a relationship so art isn't the thing that's bringing us together our culture is doing that art is just the bonus you know it's the is the thing that we get to materialize most of our aspiration and our desire and all the things that we imagine and dream about. So that's what art is. That's what that space is for us. To think about it when you think about like festivals and programming and art gallery and curation and all that, there's such a detachment to the art thing. It's always talked about as an object in the middle, but yeah, it's... Um... I guess because it's about capital, you know, what's it worth? You know, people say to me, well, what's it kind of cost? What's it worth? How are you going to pay for that? Where's that money coming from? And I just throw my arms up in the air and go, no idea. Let's just have a go. They want to pay for it, i.e. some funding body, white funding body wants to pay for it. Let's run with that. But we'll do it on our terms. And that change has been a long time coming, but it is happening. And I also wanted to... So you made me think about imagination as a survival mechanism for First Nations, for Indigenous and queer people. Imagination's always been something in my way of being to pretend there is another world that I feel safe in, that my family, my, you know, my chosen queer family and my friends and cohorts and co-collaborators mm-hmm. can meet in it and survive I, I see it as a as that too I feel like it's a really transformative way to to experience a separation from the colonial reality because like that can be so depressing <laughs> <laughs> it goes dark really quick yeah yeah I think it also is too once you realize that it is ultimately all of these power structures all of these systems that we operate within were dreamt up in someone's imagination it also kind of and and reveals to you I guess how it's kind of all quite silly because it's all made up like all of this stuff is made up so how do you engage with that I think not only that we've seen what their imagination has manifested for them and how they see themselves in that narrative yeah but it's also very clear what their imagination has for us and it's not great. It's not a lot. Like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to accept that. <laughs> it's, yeah, I just think about it. It's just like, no. <laughs> it's yeah. not a game of chess. No, <laughs> no. Lots of that active refusal and being able to say, 
Yeah. What's the song that you'd like to hear, Tanu? I was just having this conversation about this artist named Naomi Sharon, who I'm just obsessed with because it's a, I guess it's a vibrational thing because there's something about Tamaki Makoto which often makes me feel manic. Like there's a lot going on in the city sometimes that I just need to chill. <laughs> so, you know uh, the translation from what I, sorry to butt in, but the translation I know of from the Māori for Tamaki Makaro is place of many lovers. I mean, I probably needed someone to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> place yeah. of le- many lovers. Yes. Bonks. Lots of bonks. That's what I have fond memories of the Isthmus. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Thank you. So we have for Tanu, we picked Naomi Sharon's Holding in Place to go with this a very special episode. And this is PX Fano on 855 AM 3CR.org.au. Things on my mind you regret Don't let me cry You're on my mind when I leave So don't say hi You see me rolling around You see me, I'm rolling around This don't last forever, I know And I do my best to keep us together, you know Times like this don't last forever, I know And I do my best to keep us together, you know
yourself Nora mm-hmm. <laughs> listening to um a lot of Cook Island song lately I still know how to speak fluent maniki but it's slowly like you know mixing in with English so I've been listening to like a lot of Cook Island songs just to help me out with my vocab especially in the past couple of days being around like my family and that and like they're like talking in our language yeah. and I'm like Wait, I know the meaning to that, but um, mm. how do I say it again? Wait, what's the word for this in English? And then they're like, oh, um, it's this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I forget that? So <laughs> a variety of Cook Island songs. <laughs> <laughs> something, I'll find something. From <laughs> Aniki, cool. That'll be awesome. Kiorana. And now for Nahora's track. This one is pretty special. JP Nehemia with Henua and you're listening to PX Fano with Faf Swag on 3CR 855 AM Nihiki ke kotou tanau tamariki ya ue Tonight 
look, any any further um, anything further you'd love to say before we go here on PX Fano, just to Pacifica Queer diaspora here in so-called Australia. Gratitude for your hospitality and having us and storytelling is so vital to our practices that being able to have a platform where we can talk and share stories and have discussions with people we love this stuff like if we could just do <laughs> we'd be happy to just like get paid to talk i would people. love it i would love to pay you all and uh pay myself and <laughs> do this once a day that would be cool you know thank you for having us and i know that um we've been trying to connect for a long time so it's, it's i lovely. know it's almost our anniversary i've been trying since 2016 but not that i'm counting um <laughs> i'm glad that we finally made it happen um, yeah yeah it's been great i oh, will look thank you so much uh it's an auspicious day it's an important day invasion day but like i say by the time everyone uh, audience hears this it'll be i would say it'll be for february by the time i edit it properly and that's cool because alteration is going to be at through midsummer at the substation in Newport here in Nam, uh, near the banks of the Mayara and uh, Port, whatever it's called, sorry, Port Melbourne, um, and that runs from the 27th Jan, the massive launch, which has sold out, apparently all the free tickets are sold out, and that runs to March 28th. Kia ora. Thank you so much. That was long. I hope that's okay. I haven't, you know, spoiled your, your, your day. You've got things you're planning to do and... Uh, yeah. No, not at oh, all. Thank cool. you. Yeah, this is perfect timing. It's a nice way to spend lunch. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, actually, I wonder if before I do turn off the machine, if you guys want to do in unison or separately, whatever, if you could say your names, Faf Swag, and you're listening to PX Fano on 3CR, if that's okay. Yeah. Cool. Should we do it together or do it together? Yeah, let's do it together. Okay, let's do it together. So, show the um, Kyoto Fano. We're fast again. You're listening to. Pierre Yeah, Pierre. Yeah, cool. Okay. One, two, three. Kyoto Fano. We're fast again. And you're listening to Pierre Fano. You're I'm putting all of that in, both versions. <laughs> all versions. The extended one, the extended mix. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> Thanks for listening to PX Fano with Faf Swag on 3CR, 8.55 a.m. Radical Radio. Ha-da-da. PX Fano is a queer Pacifica and Oceania radio show produced and broadcast from NAM, connecting with our LGBTQA plus Fano every Saturday on 3CR 8.55am. Bringing together the voices of the wide Oceania, the Pacifica, the Moana, and sharing our queer Oceania stories. Decolonizing our identities, sharing our stories, sharing our voices. We are PX Fano on 3CR Community Radio from Australia to the world. Do you have a story to share? Any news and views that you think would be interesting to our community? You can email us on pxfanoradio855 at gmail.com. That's pxwhanauradio855 at gmail.com. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. 
For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.